this time on the Magic Kitchen Podcast. We're talking about respecting our roots in the golden age of witchcraft and how we can go to unhealthy extremes. I'm Leandra Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen Podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. age of witchcraft, where technology has allowed us to share books, resources, videos, TikToks, Instagram posts that can start a conversation and continue the conversation that's been going for thousands of years on witchcraft in new ways, bigger ways, bigger groups than ever before. But we also, in these many conversations, are seeing that there can sometimes be a bit of an unhealthy extremism against the forefathers of witchcraft or against looking at the past and saying what they did wrong and canceling that and looking instead only to what we're doing today. So today we just want to talk a little bit about how to conceptualize for yourself on your own path, where you land on that issue, recognizing Mm -hmm. some of the unhealthiness in the past, but not being toxic ourselves now in neglecting to explore that past anyway, exploring it for ourselves. Yeah. And I think this is such an important subject because uh, we would not be in the golden age of witchcraft without the the groundwork that the forefathers have put down. So, and I'm, I'm talking about people like Crowley and um, Silver Ravenwolf and Doreen Valiente and all these people that came forth and took the chance and put themselves at risk to teach us what they know. And while I'm a firm believer that all of us have a lineage in paganism and witchcraft at some point in our lives, because really it's only been how many hundreds of years that, you know, Christianity has kind of just plummeted and taken over everything. Our ancestors were pagan. And so we all have this lineage, but not all of us were lucky enough to have that lineage maintained to where we could learn from our family members. So these authors, these people who came forward were incredibly important in bringing us to the light so that we can learn from each other. And it encourages us to, you know, speak up and be more vocal and be more present and be more out in the open so that we're not hiding in the broom closet, so to speak. And I really want to touch on this because I think it's so important for us to respect the work they did while looking through a more healthy lens at who they were, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the same reason that we can read books from 100 years ago or Mm -hmm. the reason that we can still have respect for our great-great-grandfathers when we do ancestor work because there's a good chance that 
if you had met that grandfather, he would have some political views you would not agree with. But that doesn't oh, mean yeah. that it's not worth doing the ancestor research. Yeah. And like yeah. we've said before on the show, we feel like these writers and the people from the past who were making a splash in witchcraft, some of them didn't mm-hmm. even call themselves witches like Crowley. Mm-mm. They were taking mm-hmm. risks for us. They're our ancestors. Oh, yeah. Even if, you know, I'm not a fan of Crowley. I don't think any modern witch really likes the no. guy. He was a freaking Looney Tune, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was very likely, you know, somebody you wouldn't trust alone Mm-mm. in a room with women. Mm-mm. But that's just a fact. Well, no. The fact is, he's still part of our our room. We d- we don't have to adopt his behaviors and mindset, but the so there are some nuggets that he shared in his work that benefit us in the craft. So before we talk about some of the unhealthy like authors that helped lay our groundwork, let's talk about some of the generalized unhealthy extremes that we take on when we're um, exploring Wicca and witchcraft. Um, and I know I know this will raise some hackles of, of people out there, and it's fine. We can disagree on things while maintaining an intellectual dialogue there's no reason to get angry with people because they disagree with you and if if people out there want to get angry and start lashing out then that's something you need to look at in your shadow honestly and i will be upfront with that (laughs) (laughs) so so like some of the things that we can take on when we're exploring our roots when we're exploring what it means to be a witch or what it means to be pagan or wiccan are things like the Wiccan read and veganism and, you know, being, you know, that whole carbon footprint idea. Uh, I know a lot of people really take the Wiccan read, especially the harm none portion of it, and really like clamp down on that. They really like won't let go of it. And to be honest, and I write this in my books, I write this in my blog constantly. This point of view is no secret there is no way for you to live as a human being in this world and not harm something. So taking that little bit of the reed and clamping down on it and making it, you know, oh, you should never harm anybody. But then you go into a chat and you tear somebody apart because they have a whole different opinion. That's harmful. So there's nothing you, you know, you can walk this path as consciously as possible and you should we all should be very conscious we should be conscious of the food we eat the cars we drive the gas we guzzle the um waste we produce all of that we should be caring for our our mother our earth but there's got to be that compromise there where we realize okay i'm going a little too far with this and i need to back myself up a little bit And, and what is the underlying reason that I feel like I have to be all or nothing or to the extreme where I'm literally harming myself thinking that I'm not harming anything else or trying not to harm anything else. Yeah. It's, it's not a black and white subject to do any magic, no matter the smallest spell. Even if you garden, if you're tilling the soil, you're harming the soil. Yeah. You're killing earthworms probably. (laughs) Right. And, and when you, when you pull this, the soil up and out, instead of just digging into the dirt, if you, okay. So we'll talk a little bit about this later, but you have to do your own research. This is the paramount of witchcraft and paganism, do your own research. But one of the research areas you can look at if you're, 
you want to start your own garden is restorative gardening and how that practices, not just organic gardening, but restorative gardening. And the premise of that is the soil, that six inches of soil is what's sustaining us on life, life on earth here. And when we dis, when we pull that soil to the, to the sunlight, the UV rays kills all the bacteria that's necessary for that soil to be healthy. So tilling the soil, planting your garden, you're hurting the earth. <laughs> <laughs> so we could really like get into some serious extremes here by doing simple things, you know, and and, and so that's like just an example of unhealthy ex- extremes, you know, and the, and the idea of veganism. If you want to be vegan for your health and the, the safety and the, the welfare of the planet, then do it. But don't go into chat rooms and don't attack family members and friends because they choose a different way of eating. Veganism is not for everyone, just like paleo is not for everyone and keto is not for everyone. You know, it, there's mm-hmm. a place for everybody in this world. And veganism and, is often very harmful to things. Right. A lot of well, imports think about it, like, are reliant. Oh, yeah. Vegans, not just that, it's like how much processed food do vegans tend to eat? They want the fake mm-hmm. chicken nugget, the fake cheese, the fake this, the fake that to emulate or to remind them of what they're missing out of their diet of things that, you know, quote unquote, normal people would eat. But how much processing goes into that? How much yeah. How much do they degrade the food so they can get it to taste like a hamburger or like a chicken nugget? So, I mean, mm-hmm. really, veganism isn't the answer. There is no one answer. There never will be. Yeah. So I think that's that's a big part of these unhealthy extremes that we feel we have to subscribe to them or we're not mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. doing the work. We're not actually witches. Right. We're not actually practicing right. the craft the best that we can be. If right. We're not subscribing to an unhealthy extreme. But I think with most things in life, there's a balance. There's a middle ground that we need Absolutely. to walk. And yeah. like Leandra said, consciously. We should never aim to harm. That's not at all no. ever really right. the, the answer. But there's a middle ground of accepting, well, I'm only growing local plants. However, I need to eat vegetables year round. So I'm actually going to dig up this plant that's going to stop growing in a month and plant something else. So I'm going to, this plant's going to be put indoors. It's not going to flower for a while. Or maybe you're actually yeah. going to just give it away. So that's maybe harmful, but you're making the conscious decision to say, but I'm, I'm giving life to this new plant. So right. having those awarenesses and that balance in your life, I mean, you'll go crazy if you worry too much about leaning to right. the side that you yeah. want to be on. There's no side. And, and how much how much anger and frustration and rage is developed and and fostered when we look at everything everyone else is doing or everything that we do in life as the enemy that's a, it's an incredibly unhealthy life to live when we're constantly looking at like, oh, God, I better not eat that piece of corn because that corn wasn't grown in my backyard. It was flown from, you know, South America or something like that. Like, I, it's really hard. And I'm not saying that you, you know, should just disregard all healthy habits and conscious living. I'm saying be more conscious, yeah. you know, take on the idea that, OK, I can't be perfect today. But I can try again tomorrow. And really, I think a lot of it's about not expecting everyone else to meet your expectations because it's not going to happen. You know, we're billions of people on this earth and we can't change everybody's mind, but we can change our actions. We can control our actions and and our habits. Mm -hmm. And we can aim to, like you said, do better tomorrow. 
in the proverbial mm-hmm. tomorrow. Do better mm-hmm. for the next generation. Do better for your children. Absolutely. Do better for your yeah. students, the people in the shop you work at. Wherever you yeah. can influence mm-hmm. and show up better, that's going to influence. Oh, yeah. So Absolutely. I think that's yeah. where we need to go in the craft too, is like this middle ground, this balance. We always say that too. Yeah. Like that's what we believe is there's yeah. balance. There's no good or evil. Balance. So live yeah. that way too. It's all about balance. <laughs> My witch tip for you today is to take the snow from your yard and use that in your magical spells. Chances are it's already absorbed a lot of the energy from the sun and the moon. And I wouldn't drink it. Like This is not something you'd put into a glass and drink it or into food. But if you need to use water for cleansing certain objects or spaces, using snow that has recently fallen is a great option. So the next area of unhealthy extremes I want to look at are, well, it's something that I came across and I was kind of floored when I saw it. Um, I came across someone on TikTok who obviously had a following and she had this link tree where she blacklisted a bunch of authors And some of these authors really laid down the groundwork for where we are in the golden age of witchcrafts. It was amazing to see like who she was blacklisting on that list. Now, to be fair, many of these people on this list were misogynistic. They were racist. They were they did not lead ideal lives compared to what we view as ideal or um, healthy in, in our current standards. But I think there is value in recognizing the work that they did for us. So completely blacklisting them, engaging that cancel culture. And I know people don't want to talk about it. Oh, don't talk about the cancel culture, but it's out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there and it's rampant. And it is one it's an example of those unhealthy extremes that we are going to just to appear more moral or to take that moral high ground type thing. Yeah. And I think I think there's two important ways that we need to look at unhealthy people from the past uh, because we can't ignore them. If we do, mm-hmm. we're getting an incomplete picture of the the world we're in today because even if we say, oh, well, you know, Crowley lived 120 years ago. There's no way he has anything of value to teach me. I don't like his poetry anyway. Well, yeah. okay, that's fine. But the fact is like, he's a huge reason why the people who started the first covens in the 20th century felt the confidence to do so. And organizations yeah. that like, uh, you know, the OTO and the hermetic orders mm-hmm. of magic, even though they were yep. extremely misogynistic and they're not something I personally subscribe to, I still can right. understand their value. And if you don't read those, you don't know, Oh, well that's where the term cone of power comes from. And that's where right. the idea of banishing versus invoking pentagrams comes from. And yep. that, I mean, there's so many things that we use in a totally similar context today that came from those people. So you just kind of need to know that. I mean, it's the same with, with the world at large. I went to, this is strange connection, but I promise it matters. When I went to Germany last August, 
I was walking around and I was like, I was in uh, Munich and I was mm-hmm. like, huh, every building here is new. Everything is new. It's all concrete. It's not the plaster you would expect in a built in a city that is, you know, 700 years old. It's concrete. It's new. Why is right. it new? And then I said, oh, duh, World War II. It was bombed yeah. to bits. <laughs> yeah. So they had to yeah. rebuild it and they were still rebuilding it. So if I hadn't known that, my context for Munich would have been completely skewed. And I also, you know, Hitler was a terrible guy. What Germany did then was a terrible thing. But Germany today is not the Germany of then. So it's that kind of understanding of like, well, I needed that context of World War II to really enjoy Munich as it was to see where it was, where it had gone since then and what it was like now. Yeah. So I think it's the same. Yeah, like it's yeah. our own roots. These writers are still our ancestors. So knowing them, yeah, having that lens is important. Um, and yeah. then the second part of that is that the art is separate from the artist. Yeah. You might hate Absolutely. Crowley. Yeah. I think you probably should. I, yeah. But, <laughs> but. I, I, yeah. He, he is not my favorite person. I, I don't like no. him. Like when I read his mm-hmm. stuff, I was totally repulsed by it. Yeah. But – when I started learning more about magic, especially hermeticism, then I it under, I understood like where he was coming from in the magical sense. But like his whole lifestyle portion of it, like, yeah, that can go in the garbage because that was garbage. Mm-hmm. He was garbage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but his his magical knowledge gave us something. It gave us yeah. a perspective to to put into the ground to to compost into something better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very critical point that cancel culture misses is that when we don't look at the past at how horrible it was and how stinking and rotting it was Mm -hmm. and we don't compost it into something better then inevitably we're going to repeat that history repeats itself Mm -hmm. how many times have we seen that and ignored it history Mm -hmm. repeats itself over and over again if we don't acknowledge it and turn it into something better So if we completely ignore the lineage, then we don't know the context of where it came from and how it developed and and the people behind it. We need to know the people behind it. So we need to read their stuff. We need to understand their lineage. And, you know, and and plenty of them were complete liars. You know, Gardner, he was a huge liar. He has no context for how he came up with this stuff other than he made it up. Mm -hmm. And he tried to say he didn't, but yeah, it's been... (laughs) Almost a century of research into that. He did. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, but other people on that list was like Silver Ravenwolf and Doreen Valiente. You know, they, I I mean, they weren't, they're not perfect. I mean, Silver's still alive. That's horrible to like see your name on a list like that when you did so much in this day and age to bring Wicca and witchcraft to the limelight yeah, and she was the first person to give mm. to give perspective and permission in some ways to say you can do witchcraft on your own. You don't need yeah. a highfalutin degree and nope. a huge, you know, coven behind you to be a witch. That was a huge yeah. risk to take back then. In yeah, I think the early nineties yeah. was really when she got popular. Really, yeah, for those it beliefs. Was. Yeah. But and that yeah. was a really big step for witchcraft. And I bet you most witches today listening are are solitary and you have Ravenwolf right. to thank for that. Yeah. Yeah. I well, really can't Scott say Cunningham why Cunningham was on that list. list. 
I yeah, I don't well that's that was the other issue that I had with this list is that there was no context of why she put these people on their list. Like I can only assume like Crowley and all them. Yeah. Like yeah, they were they did some horrible things. But like Silver, like she's actually a pretty cool person. I've met her. She lives not too far from me. <laughs> and you know, I've worked with her in Circle before and she's actually really cool and she's amazing in Circle in Ritual. Like she has such a dynamic in raising energy and getting people to participate in public rituals and stuff. Like there is a lot to learn from this woman. So completely like putting her on this list, why? why? Because her books maybe were a little mundane or a little, I don't know. They were for uh, beginners. Beginner. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, So what? Somebody's you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So why not with her stuff? Her stuff was safe to start with. Mm -hmm. She's how I started. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people I know that have been in the craft for a long time started with her. You know, her and Starhawk, like they were the yeah. two big ones that we really looked to. And I just, I think it's horrible for us to not look at our lineage and find out where we came from and how we got here. And and you don't have to, you don't have to look through the same lens at your life and live your life through the same lens as these people. But when we can look at the whole picture, then we get a clearer picture of what happened and how it happened. And we can take the pieces out that matter to us that yes. really are pivotal in how we can now be on TikTok and be on Instagram and be on Facebook and announce that we are witches without having our houses burned down or our children mm -hmm. being tortured in school or, you know, I'm, I'm sure that stuff still happens, but it's a lot less likely in the past, you know, since yeah. from all the work that they've done in these past decades and decades, I'm not talking like, oh, the past 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm talking, you know, 100 plus years is the work that these people have done for us. And that doesn't mean that we have to buy into their mor moral stances on certain things. If anything, it means we should take a bigger step back to look at the big picture of, OK, yeah, they were horrible here. But that doesn't mean I have to be horrible there. I can do better. I can yeah. compost that and turn it into black gold, you know, soil speaking. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. back on the soil talk. <laughs> <laughs> but we can compost that into something better so that our roots can be nourished and the roots of the next generation can be more nourished instead of just completely blindsided, not knowing how they got to where they where they got to. Yeah. So when you're on the internet and you see lists of don't read this person, even if they give you a reason that sounds decent, like don't read yeah. Gardner because he made everything up. All right. Yeah, right. that's true. But he is the founder of the biggest sect of witchcraft. He founded mm -hmm. Wicca. So why? Mm -hmm. What is that? What does that mean? Those are things worth researching. Knowledge yeah, is not going to hurt reason to go read them. Yeah. yeah. Having it's, that it's, knowledge it's, is only going to help you. Knowledge is power, man. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and and literally, when I see lists like that, that makes me want to go read that person. You know, find <laughs> out why. Yeah. So, what was their what What did they do to get on that person's list? Let me go check it out. You know, I'm going to go yeah. do my research now. I'm going to go buy every book I can. My witch tip for you today is to research the authors of tips or advice you find on the internet. So if you find something you like or something you want to try and you're not sure if it's valid or something that you're interested in, research who that author is or their source for that tip 
if you can't find any information on them or where they got that information, then it might not be a reliable source. When we're looking at books, no matter how old they are, or when we're looking at forefathers and foremothers of the craft, we need to kind of approach that with the same allegorical, almost, interpretation that we do to mythology. So one example is Persephone. She's a huge figure in modern witchcraft. Everybody loves Persephone. Mm -hmm. They find her really inspiring. But that myth of Persephone is sometimes interpreted as a very sexist experience for Persephone. She's Mm -hmm. kidnapped and sexually assaulted and forced to marry Hades in most of the versions Mm -hmm. that we read. And we can say that, oh, that's not the real version, that that's the version that uh, became popular due to misogynists and the patriarchy Mm -hmm. after the pagan days and the pagan times. But the fact of the matter is when pagans in Greece were telling and believing that story, pedophilia was actually the norm of the time period. It was an expected experience for young boys and their teachers to engage in sexual congress. So we can't cancel all of ancient Greece as pagans. I think most people have some part of their path that respects ancient Greek or Hellenic polytheism. So I think that would be a pretty tough, tough call, right? To say, I'm not going to believe in a single god or goddess because those myths were most likely sexist in some iterations of them. We don't do that. We are all able to remove ourselves from that and say, well, okay, that was an interpretation. I'm going to do my best to connect with the real Persephone. Right. That's not a leap. We can, we we do that. That's a choice that that we make to do. So I think that's the same connection we need to have with old books and the people of the past that made witchcraft what it is today. Yeah. Well, in in that context, like if we only viewed what we were, if we only took the view of what we were told something was, then goddesses like Medusa would not be coming back around to demonstrate to us their power. You know, Medusa was portrayed to us as this horrible creature who, you know, turned men to stone without any real context behind what happened to her. And and you know what? And because we weren't there when this mythology was created, we will never know the real story. But, you know, there are many stories out there, like the one where she wasn't cursed into to being disfigured or have snakes in her hair, if you view that as being disfigured. It she was it would happen to her to save her from somebody who was being misogynistic and, mm-hmm. and trying to rape her. You know, she was it was an act of compassion. And so it depends on who's telling you the story in how the context is going to be relayed. So if we only went off of one person's point of view, then we would be missing the bigger picture. We'd miss the point completely. We need to develop a broader spectrum of how we look at things and how we look at people. Nothing, like you said, Elise, nothing is black and white. <laughs> nothing. There is no dichotomy here. Yeah. 
So just to conclude this little bit of a heated podcast, I think, <laughs> I know it gets me all riled up. Just do your research. You know, don't think that because this one person who has a few thousand followers knows everything there is to know about what they're saying. I don't even assume that I know everything I that there is to know about what I'm saying. You know, the, there's a point where we need to be responsible for the knowledge we intake and the attitudes we take. So just do your research. It's difficult in the golden age of witchcraft where we have more information at our fingertips than ever before in human history. Remember to respect our roots and take the time to do the research to see what's worth respecting and what's worth taking away from these past influences and voices of witchcraft that got us where we are today. Mary meet, Mary part, and Mary meet again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and SeekingNumina.com. That's Seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A. Join me as I immerse you in sacred meditations, ambience, ASMR, and history at spiritual sites around the world.